Hey everyone, this is Serva and you're listening to Identity. On today's episode, I'm going to have you guys tune in on my conversation with Yaya Gorbani. Yaya is a psychotherapist, a yoga therapist, and a depth life coach. I'm really excited for him to share the, the story of his life transformation, the one that started in the corporate world and has evolved into one that follows his heart and is living his purpose. There's so much to take away from this episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode. I am so excited for this episode. I can't believe we're finally doing it. Say the same thing, but in a different way. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time for this. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be on your platform and thank you for considering me. I have heard so much about you. Hopefully good things. I've heard so many amazing things, actually. Um, I was at my friend's house and she goes, Serva, you need to interview my friend Yaya. He has such a cool story to tell. I don't know it all, but I mean, look at him. He's so spiritual and he's so wise and he's just... Um, seems like he's on the right path and looking at your Instagram I was so intrigued there's just so much wisdom coming out of you um I was so curious to know like what is the story behind all this I feel that everyone goes through something to achieve this level of wisdom and to kind of like know their path there's like this transformative phase so I was so excited for this episode because I really wanted to ask you, how did you get on this unique path? How did I get on my path? My unique path. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think every, everybody has a unique path. Um, so specifically, what do you mean when you say that path? What are you seeing? Um, if you can just kind of give me a little bit more specificity about what you're seeing so I can speak to that. I see someone who is extremely confident, um, raw, wise, and extremely light. So from an outside perspective, you seem like somebody who doesn't have a lot of insecurities. You know, you always know exactly what to say. You ooze so much wisdom and... I can't help but wonder, like, where does that all come from? Like, how did, how did all of this happen for you? Like, where, where do you get all this wisdom from? Well, thank you for seeing that light in me. I'm sure um, it's what you can see it because it's already inside of you. But what I would say first is that I am actually, I have a lot of insecurities. Um, I have a lot of stuff that I'm working through. Um, there's a lot of defects, if you will. So um, there's a lot of stuff. And um, I feel like we're all in a work in progress. And that's the beauty of being a human being. Um, and I don't think I ever want to be in a light to be looked at like that anyway. I feel like that's responsible to it's too. I don't think it's it's accurate. But you know, I appreciate you recognizing my light. How did I get on this path more specifically? I would say it was about six years ago, six, seven years ago. And I was working in it. And, and please stop me whenever you, you, you would like to. Otherwise, I can keep going. No, I mean, tell me. Okay. So um, specifically where I started to listen to my heart and not so much my mind, is right right around six years ago and i was in 
in an industry that I wasn't happy and I was in it for over 10 years and, um, or give or take about 10 years. And um, I was chasing the financial success because I thought that's the thing to do. Um, culturally, we're programmed to follow that a certain path because it, that's what right is and that's what gets approved by our family and our surroundings. So I followed that and um, it was related to sales and um, I pretty much wasn't, I wasn't good at it at first. And I was in it for a very long time mm -hmm. until I became very good at it to the point that I was teaching it. And then I realized that you could be really good at something that you hate. And it seemed like the more successful I was becoming, the more miserable I was becoming and the more um, misaligned I was becoming and the further from my heart I was becoming, even though everything on paper looked really good beyond what I ever wanted for myself. And at that point, I decided to let it go, walk away. And that has a story of its own, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. And I traveled uh, for nine months. I was going to go to many different places, but I just ended up being in Europe and going to some countries, staying in different countries for a few months. And um, in order to heal myself and to really cut ties from everything that I knew because I knew what I was, was not a good thing for me. Um, I was not a happy person. I had a lot of, I dealt with different types of, I would say depression probably. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and nothing around me seemed right and aligned with my heart. Yeah. So, and I realized if I stay here, I'm gonna be tempted by the prestige, by the ego, by the, by the money. So I walked away from it and I traveled and I got a one-way ticket and I stayed out there and uh, I went on a path. Wow, the self-discovery. <laughs> yes, the hero's journey. When you decided to walk away and travel, were you trying to get to know yourself? Like, was it because you wanted to discover who you are and what would make you happy? I... Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know. It was more like running away from everything that was around me because there was no answers for me here. There was no answers in a lot of my friendships and a lot of my relationships. They didn't seem that they were touching me in the areas of my heart that I was, that I was craving for it to. The money didn't mean anything after a while. Um, the people that I attracted through my intimate relationships um, – a lot of them weren't aligned with my heart. So, yeah, I kind of went on a journey of self-discovery and I wanted to learn more about who I was and what I wanted. And I had no idea what that thing was. And I was so programmed. That's why I even went to Ibiza for two months or Ibiza, as they would like to say. And uh, I went there. Part of me was because of my programming. I thought, okay, now you're out here and you got to be there because this is the place to be. Yeah. But in there, I, I, um, there's something spiritual about that island that even though a lot of it's a lot of clubbing and the nightlife and the who, who and who's are there, 
And there's the other side of it, which is the north side of Ibiza, which is all about yoga and meditation. And I remember one night, it's like four in the morning at a, at a club and I was looking, I was on the rooftop and I was like, I never enjoyed this. I never enjoyed drinking. I never enjoyed being in these environments. What am I doing? What am I looking for um, that I haven't been, been able to find for almost 10 years? So and that's where I let go of that type of living um, that Hollywood promise of the glamour and the nightlife. And I decided to embrace my heart. So I went to the north side of Ibiza, which has a strong feminine energy. And in there I started, you know, taking my baby steps. And um, from there I went to Sweden. I went to a 10 day silent meditation retreat. It's called Vipassana where they take away your phone from you. They take away the books. You can't even make eye contact for 10 days. And I find myself in a farm in Sweden, uh, meditating with people I don't know. And at that point, it was pretty intense because all my fears were coming into my head and all the, the voices of fears were almost screaming at me. I couldn't sleep for more than an hour or two every night. And they woke us up at four in the morning. I was just in bed. They took us to meditate for 10 hours. And then you go back to bed pretty early. And then um, I felt like that was a foundation for um, the work that I've been doing ever since. And I recommend it to anybody to take advantage of the 10-day meditation Vipassana. And it's, it's free uh, because people just pay it forward. So there's no money in it for people to want to make a business out of it. But the food is amazing. The places are always beautiful and clean. And it's just funded by people who take so much from it. And I think everybody should try it at least once. That's such a brave thing to do, to go to an unknown place and then do 10 days of meditation with people you don't know. Where did all that courage come from? What do you think is courageous about that? I mean, I honestly don't know many people who could just pack up their bags, go to a different country, um, step into a space that is completely unknown to them. Yeah, it was an unknown space, uh, but it, it, it there was a certain resonance with uh, that that just attracted me to that world always. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's always a certain level of spiritual craving that I had since I was a kid. Um, but when you don't follow your heart and you follow your mind, you find yourself in, in a different space. I don't like to call it good or bad. Um, I feel like as a human being, we are here to experience things. Um, so good or bad is, is subjective. But as far as the bravery and whatnot, I feel like that bravery exists within everybody. Um, and a lot of times it gets access through hitting our rock bottom. And I hit my rock bottom the way I did. I mean, like to paint a picture of like how dark maybe my rock bottom got, mm-hmm. I don't have any drastic um, specific things that I could tell you. But I remember there was moments where I would like sit in a plane and when there was a turbulence on the plane and the plane was shaking, I wouldn't get sad. And a part of me thought, well, so what? Um, Maybe even excited. And, um, you know, that's how I felt before. I did not see the magic in life. I did not see the point of life. And um, that's where I was. So when you get to your rock bottom, essentially anything after that, Um, is pretty easy. 
And we're so hard headed as human beings that sometimes we need to get to that point until we learn a lesson. To be able to let go. To let go. Yeah. Detach. Because as Buddha says, um, attachment is root of all suffering. You're so right. Um, Sometimes we really do have to go through things the hard way to really understand our tests and our lessons. But um, yeah, yeah, I want to know, like, what kind of background did you come from? Um, When you say you were always spiritual from a young age, can you please um, paint the picture of kind of like, just so we have a better understanding of your journey? Yeah, well, well, as far as the spiritualness, I feel like we're all spiritual beings. Um, It's just we all have it. It's a matter of how we access it or not. Some of us maybe want to access it. Some of us don't. But um, that, I think, exists within everybody. I think it's a longing inside of us um, within the heart. Um, I mean, I grew up with a single mother, although I did see my father. um, And at some point, I lived with my father. But... um, my mother was a religious Muslim woman. So I grew up with um, a lot of those values. Mm-hmm. Um, so she introduced me to spirituality. She also practiced psychotherapy. She was a, a Freudian psychologist. So oh, wow. um, she never got married. So she kind of um, planted a lot of seeds within me from a young age. A lot of them beautiful ones. And some of them, maybe they weren't the best things for a child to go through. Um, and so in some ways I was also sheltered and I was a really good kid and um, I would always obey the rules and never kind of not do what my parents told me until I was 17. And then at 17, 18, I decided that I'm tired of that sheltered life. And I want to go hang out with more street people. Uh, people that are very different from my upbringing. I would listen to rap music um, from back in the day and it would scare me, Um, you know, made me feel like a little bitch inside. And I didn't like that. Um, And um, I didn't like being afraid. So I decided to hang out with people completely different from me, you know, people that were up to no good, basically. And that's where I'll end it on that. Um, (laughs) So... I hung out with a lot of people like that and I found out how beautiful they are and how much judgment I had on them in many ways. And I was learning from them and a lot of them became family to me. Um, and I, and they were lost in their own ways as mm-hmm. people are, can be in the, during those years, but they, they, they have a different version of being lost, which is maybe a little bit more dramatic Um, and I found myself getting even more lost and staying away from my center um, as I was experiencing um, this other version of me. When I look back, I don't think that, I think what was happening is it was just that my soul wanted to experience something else. I don't look at it as if I got lost, really. Um, It was more so that I wanted to experience being a human being, and I think that we come down from the heavens in order to experience what is it like to be a human. And every mistake is essentially a doorway to us finding a way to love ourselves. And basically this could be an archetype archetype or a metaphor, but God wanted to find a way to love itself. So it became, it, 
it created a human being and the human being is essentially longing to connect back with God, but it forgets about the God inside of us. So what it does is it goes through experiences and they're painful, but through that pain, it, it rises like a phoenix and essentially it's the key is self-love and it, it goes deeper into self-love. It connects more um, to the God within. I don't know if I answered your question, but wow. <laughs> yeah. That was so amazing. Um, it's very cool to like how you said it, like this experience. And I don't know, like, I feel like whenever, whenever I hear you, I'm like, oh my God, he's in, in such a different realm. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a part of my head that I think everybody's in that realm. So sometimes <laughs> I don't consider how they may not even understand what I'm saying. So I just keep talking. <laughs> Um, well, I had my rock bottom like two years ago and mm. literally it was like, how dark did it get? It got really dark. <laughs> yeah. Paint a picture for us. Okay. So my first rock bottom and I, I need to explain like how I am. I was always extremely afraid of the dark like you know depression I, my dad had depression so going mm -hmm. close to that was very terrifying for me so I always try to keep myself busy happy I would always mm -hmm. do activities and just like hang around people didn't spend much time alone I was mm -hmm. always busy and I kept my mind going and mm -hmm. eventually when I hit my rock bottom, um, there was so much that I had to deal with. But when mm -hmm. it was the most insane, it, it, it was a gift, but also the worst pain I'd ever been in um, mm. emotionally. Mm -hmm. I literally walked into my apartment one night and mm -hmm. I, this sounds ridiculous, but um it was as if like my soul had left and there was just nothing there anymore, like nothing mm -hmm. meaning. And I was crying and I didn't know why I was crying, but just like so much like was gone. Like I felt like an empty vessel, like mm -hmm. I'd lost something. And mm -hmm. uh, from that point on, it was like literally a month of just me trying to figure out why I'm feeling so empty and like lost. Mm -hmm. And like nothing felt good. Food wasn't mm -hmm. good. Hang out around friends. The old stuff were no longer fulfilling. Everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, like a month goes by, and suddenly it was as if slowly I was coming to myself, and mm -hmm. I could suddenly see clearer. <laughs> I could mm. smell things better. Um, I, know I can see the sun right now. <laughs> Literally. That's yeah. how I felt. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's the stage where they refer to as the dark night of the soul, by the way. Yes. Where your soul yes. is going through a transformation, but at that point you almost feel um, schizophrenic and crazy. Uh, but they say that it's a spiritual crisis and the journey towards union with God or light. You know what's crazy? Um, I thought that I was schizophrenic. <laughs> I literally mm. called my friend that night. I said, 
I'm afraid I've lost my mind. And I think I've lost myself to the point where like no return. I was like, at this point, I'd rather die than have to live in mm. like this kind of feeling. Like I don't want And you die. were dying, by the way. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that is death. That is essentially the ego death. Yeah. Um, oh. And I met people um, a month, like a week later, um, people kept showing up. Mm -hmm. um like friends people that i had known suddenly would come and share like um advice or something they wouldn't even like i believe that i put on a good poker face mm -hmm. with just you know random strangers would be like hey i think you're going through a dark night of a soul and i was and i'm so new to this that i was like what's that like wait mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that the new batman movie <laughs> literally i was like dark I was like, who? Are I really lost. Like, I have really lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go home googling Dark Knight of the Soul. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a documentary about this? <laughs> I was like, Can someone, please give me a cheat sheet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, suddenly all these people just kept coming into my life, helping me, guiding me, um, strangers. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like someone would be like, hey, read this book. I would look up the book and it would answer five million questions that I had in my head. Mm -hmm. you know, I would go to I went to a car dealership and the guy suddenly is like, Hey, you need to read the Celestine prophecy. And mm -hmm. these are all strangers, like people I didn't know. So, so what do you mean? Like a guy at the gas station when you're about to put like 25 on number two is like, hey, I'm going to need you to read Celestine Prophecy. How did that happen? Okay. So like the first time I, this was, um, one of my friends was begging me to come out. And again, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to be around mm -hmm. people. Um, I was really down, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I would, I had this feeling that I should go. So I would get an Uber. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe if I drink uh, tonight, I won't feel, mm. I can numb it down and I can be normal, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would get into this car and I would get this like feeling that I should talk to this Uber driver. I was like, you're, you're going to this place. You're going to have to be social. So you need to talk. I'm like, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, can you talk to me? <laughs> like, excuse me, um, what's your name? <laughs> literally I, All right. he, I was like oh your name's interesting um where are you from? Uh -huh. like oh i'm this armenian kid i'm 26 i lived in india i i'm doing this thing and the guy would just literally it was like opened mm -hmm. up a vault he just kept talking and talking and next thing you know he goes have you read the alchemist and, mm -hmm. and i was like you know processing all the things he was telling me i'm like here's this 26 year old who's traveling who's you know mm -hmm. through this identity journey and mm -hmm. I'm like, no i mean yeah i read it like many years ago and he's like i think you should read it again mm -hmm. and i was like mm, i mean it was an okay book you know <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I didn't know if it was worth a second read right mm-hmm we had a class who likes books that their teacher forces them to read nobody yeah it's like i did an article on this i did like a paper essay on this book i don't mm -hmm. want to read this book again mm -hmm. 
that I read it and I was mind blown. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I think I'm getting answers. Mm. And then, you know. Because it, it just resonated, right? I mean, it was like reading a, this book. For Your the, own story. Yeah, it was truly for the first time. I didn't read it because someone had like it there was no project right you just read it and I was like this story is so beautiful it I could I could understand it I had the I could take it in now you know I had this and that's that that's that's the meaning of when they say the teacher arrives when the student is ready and that the, the teacher is really not a person it's like it could be every moment of life and that's the miracle of life so the cab driver can essentially be your teacher the the guy that says hey read this book can be that the a book could be that and and you essentially i think allowed yourself to become more open to the universe and when you do that the universe will start showing its magic to you through what jung calls on synchronicity synchronicities and every moment of life is magical if we become open to life being magical and that's what you were experiencing yeah, that was exactly what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, I even opened up my class tonight with um, this quote by um, Seiko, which is really beautiful. And he says, this is uh, essentially where everything begins because every story, every myth, every soap opera, every drama in our lives, it, it has one fundamental theme. And that's the longing for peace, the longing for happiness. Um, and the longing is to go home but the home is inside of us and it's on our, it's inside our heart. Um, and so we forget that. And that's why I keep saying throughout our interview, like you get in your head, you forget that how near home is. And when you connect to that place, you start experiencing the miracle of life. So the reason I started this podcast was because I had been looking for home for a very, very long time. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I was a refugee and I was moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't, I didn't spend much time in a certain location to kind of mm -hmm. feel like anywhere was really home. Mm -hmm. I always had to learn like different languages because like I was in Turkey, I was in Iran and, and then I was in like, um, I was around a lot of people that spoke multiple languages. So I kind of mm -hmm. just had to pick up and go. Mm -hmm but that's when I hit my rock bottom, I realized I didn't have a home, but I was learning mm. with me. Um, it's like a feeling, like a state of mind, like you said, it's mm. reaching that stage where you're like, this, like I'm home. I can be home anywhere as long as I find it within. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of why my journey started. I had been running and trying so hard to, run from myself and to kind of find this home but i thought home would be apart from me i thought it was like some physical place mm. <laughs> and and you feel like there's something missing in the absence of that idea yeah and and then you feel like you're lost in the universe because of that exactly mm. Mm, that's so interesting seeking refuge also in people Mm, that's, that's a good point yeah yeah experience that 
Yeah, they, that's an interesting thing. It's something that I'm in the process of, and I can be airy in some sense, and maybe sometimes too much in the spiritual world where I can not identify with the human part of me. And I think that's important too, because we are still human as well. I think the story, the Greek mythological stories of like Hercules and all that, where they were half God, half human, it was a point to that to remind us that we are the creator of our lives, but at the same time, we're mortal. Um, and we, you know, we're so breakable and, and that's okay. But the human side, I think also craves its connections. And with that idea before, I think I wasn't connecting to my nationality because I, I said, we're spiritual beings. And so what uh, it's, this is dividing us when we say I'm this, I'm that, this is my flight, but there is something to that. Um, and there's something to being grounded on earth. And I think once we want to get grounded on earth, it becomes important to know about our ancestors and the genes that may have been passed on to us. And now personally, I'm in the process of connecting more to my Iranian roots than ever before. And for me, it's coming through um, Sufism. And that's bringing me a lot of healing and it's making me realize how close Sufism, Sufism is um, compared to a lot of these Indian practices that I've had, um, especially with bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of a heart. And Sufism is also essentially all about the heart and love mm -hmm. and how people are mirrors of us. Um, and I'm finding a lot of comfort in being that Iranian person. Wow. Yeah. You're starting to, um, in spirituality, they say that, you know, you chose to come through this way and to this background, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Or your parents even. Yeah, like we choose them and it's all for this um, experience, right? And for a reason mm -hmm. to pick them, to gain something from it and maybe to, maybe it has to align with our purpose. Mm. But, wow, I'm surprised that you said Sufism because Two of my guides are like these, I like to call them guides, people who just show up in my life, who, who are mm -hmm. here to give me a message. Are they physical beings? Yes, they're physical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very I'm, I'm not <laughs> Like, I, I'm, I'm not at the woo level. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to stay good. All right. Um, I'm a Pisces. We like to dream. So, like, mm -hmm. trying to stay grounded. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they just like showed up and I had a Sufi woman, total stranger again, just like talk to me and tell me who she was and shared with me like her healing journey and her um, methods. And she wrote a book and just like always at the right time, I, I hear, I get these um, people that mm -hmm. kind of come in and just re like give me confirmation mm -hmm. that i'm like going in a certain direction and then i meet someone like that and um oh wow i'm like wow like yeah right isn't that a wow thing how often do you see them very often mm. um to the point where to the point where i've come to the conclusion that if i have questions 
all I need to do is set the intention that I need this answered. And believe it or not, like matter of it days, shows, uh, matter of days, a stranger yeah. um, will come and tell me something or yeah. someone will pass by and just like share knowledge or I'll connect with someone randomly. And I'm like, wow, right at the time that I needed to hear it. So these guides that you're talking about, you said there are two people, right? Yes, there was. They're uh, both. They're both Sufis. Yes, one of them was actually Persian. Um, he, and and are they related to each other or no? Like, no, do they know each other? Absolutely not. Mm. No. One was and, and what 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 do you think is behind that? Two Sufis becoming your guides in life. You know, how come it wasn't like a native Indian chief? And a, and, a, and a Peruvian shaman. Or do you think there is something behind them being Sufis and you being more from that region? Yes. So mm -hmm. originally when these guides would come in, like, let's just say like a, a healer or a psychic intuitives that would show up, mm -hmm. I had resistance. Why? Because I'm like, mm, they could be phony. This is a lot of woo for me. Mm -hmm. but what and i'm muslim I'm, i was born muslim and i've gone to quran school like a lot of my friends are muslim and they're very like um pra like practicing muslims mm -hmm. so i'm around a lot of like islam like teachings and people who practice it all the time so there's always resistance when i find like spiritual people a part of me is just like does this align with islam is it because they're yeah that's my programming yeah so when finally when i kept resisting the guide Pro programming although is a strong word is isn't it don't you don't you feel like programming do you think it's like the most best word to describe that i think it is programming because I'm being taught mm. that, for instance, if it mm. was programmed in me that, you know, maybe being so open to these things is a bad thing. Maybe I'm doubting mm -hmm. God, right? Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. something that was taught to us. Isn't that programming? What would you call it? No, I, 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 I think that reality in many ways is subjective and you know that's honoring your truth and i think that's that's valid and it's fair and it depends on what standpoint if we are talking from the standpoint of being born once and coming into this earth and having these parents yes but like you said in some ways if we choose our parents and if we reincarnate and keep coming back and forth then is it programming or is this a path of dharma or destiny in other words so maybe it's outside of programming and we still have some business to accomplish through these teachings um but you know both explanations can be true but um okay. you know yeah so sometimes like in in that aspect then i thought maybe programming is not really um honoring the spiritual outlook but you're right on a human level it's absolutely programming yeah, so um, I, I started attracting, you know, Sufi people because mm. I'm like, oh, they believe in, you know, it's still kind of Islam, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Sufi is a sect of Islam. So it, it is. made me feel like I could, tr it was, I could trust what they were saying. 
Mm-hmm. Like it resonated. I didn't feel like I was committing like the ultimate crime by going the opposite direction. I don't know if I'm making sense, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it was just more aligned with your ideas of good or bad, heaven and hell, God and evil, essentially. And it just resonates because there is a deep understanding within you. Your morality is all built upon that religion. So you will naturally resonate. I I guess that's what it could be. Yeah. Um, Mm. That's why they came up. I think now the recent guides are Sufi. But before that, it would be like all kinds of people, you know, day to day or um, again, like lots of healers, lots of spiritual people. Cab drivers. <laughs> Literally Uber drivers. Uber drivers, yeah. The point to answer your question, the point of all of this is for me to be more aligned with where I'm supposed to go. Mm. Maybe I, I think, you know, I'm still in the process of figuring it out, like my purpose and what I'm supposed to be doing. I doubt it. I'm like, okay, this is just in my head. Again, something will happen. And I'm like, oh my God, I really can't ignore this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever have experiences like that? Did I ever what? Have experiences like that where if you don't listen to your heart, you feel more fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I actually, at this point, I feel like I do it by design. I have practices in place to be able to see the shadows. Um, I think shadows are an inevitable part of life and the bigger your light, the bigger the shadow. That's why a lot of the spiritual teachers and masters, um, when they get, even they reach a certain level of enlightenment, they start doing some messed up things is because they ignore the shadow. And I think the shadow is a part of life and we go into the shadow and we got to listen to the shadow and we love the shadow and we come back uh, with a lot more light and a lot more gems. So I am building um, a stronger tolerance and finding excitement in doing that work through different types of modalities. And that's why I respect the field of psychology so much. Um, Part of me wanted to look down on it and be like, we don't do much compared to maybe some energy healers or shamans or even... Um, some plant medicine because they get you there so quick but I still don't know a better practice that works with the mind than psychotherapy especially if it's analytical work um, and analysis where you just have existential conversations and it's not about let me help you get rid of your pain it's like let's look into your pain as a doorway into your soul And that starts to become a fun game you start playing. And then when you start playing that game in psychotherapy, um, you can easily play that game within life. And you realize that you're not constantly trying to run away from fear and pain. You will find a way to stay centered even when painful things happen. And that's been the practice for me. So I don't know if we're light workers. I feel like we're more so of shadow workers, if anything. 
Shadow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. I've had to do some shadow work actually. So I am a little familiar. Mm -hmm. I do. I don't know if you know, but, uh, about this, but there's this program with Lacey Phillips. Um, I've heard of her. Yeah. To be magnetic, her Instagram page. Mm -hmm. She has, um, workshops that you do and guided meditation and journaling that you do at home. Mm -hmm. and that was the first time actually uh, I became open was when I hit my rock bottom. I was looking for answers and I was trying to find something to, you know, bring me back to normal is what I thought, but I didn't know that I could mm -hmm. ever go back to who I was. I was just kind of, um, I had, like you said, I had died. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I did her work and I did shadow and that was the first time I got f introduced to shadow. I didn't know that shadow was our denied, what is it? The denied aspects of ourselves, the mm -hmm. part of ourselves that we don't like. Exactly. Which are not necessarily bad, but we've just said we're not going to the basement because there's monsters there, you know? And those monsters keep being, becoming bigger in our head because we become more scared of walking into the basement or looking under our bed, essentially. Yeah, wow. That's true. And then we go there, we realize there are no monsters. And hey, we found that beautiful thing we've been looking for our entire life placed nicely in a shoebox and we come back up and we're like look mom this is what i found and she's gonna be like oh my god where was it and it's like right here and i'm gonna keep it right next to me she's like good was there anything else in there you're like i don't know let me go back and check so that's essentially shadow work simplified <laughs> that's a good analogy i'm gonna use this more in my clinical was practice <laughs> was that like on a whim <laughs> yeah it was on a whim <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, Yaya, yeah, yeah, how would you, let's just say for our audience who are people who you know, are new to this path, are kind of like lost and feeling mm -hmm. a lot of emotions and just confused about like their identity, about where they're going, their purpose, what they should be doing, finding it hard to follow their heart. What are, what are the tools that you would give those people? A part of me wants to give the tools and the steps and all of that stuff, but I don't know if that's the wisest part of me. I think the wisest part of me would only say, trust your pain, trust your darkness, trust what's fucked up about you, and try to understand it better. And hopefully through that understanding, you can accept it. And when you accept it, then that's when you can change it. You cannot accept something. You cannot change something if it's not in your reach. So trust it, get close to it, become familiar with it. Don't run away from it. And you're going to realize that you're whole, complete, beautiful, divine, just the way you are. And there is nothing more you need to do. That's really what I could say. Could yeah. you say anything better? Huh? <laughs> could you have said anything better? <laughs> <laughs> um, people like 
I don't know, like specific directions sometimes. And I feel like it's the specific directions that's bringing a lot of suffering to people, people like, like us in the field where we tell people what to do and what not to do. And a lot of times we're indirectly messing people up by giving that message out. Um, you know, like the likes of, I don't know, I shouldn't name drop, but I will. Like, like Holokui, where gets on the radio and tells people if they're a middle child, what's wrong with them and how their life is incomplete and how she, they shouldn't go after what they desire because it doesn't make sense. And you got to throw that shit out the window. You know, your heart is your truth. Follow your heart, follow your truth. And uh, it's much better to live a life closer to your heart, regardless of a decision. Um, but if you want something specific, like, yeah, go see a therapist. Um, it, and don't be scared of, oh, is he going to be a good or bad? It's a step still in the right direction. That's true. I know it's yeah. crazy how there's still taboo around seeing a therapist. And I feel like it's so for men, especially for our mental health to be able to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. It's so necessary and needed. And it, 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 it's getting better, but we're still far from that, that space, especially for guys. Um, they still look at it as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a stigma. And, uh, but I think Gary Vee was saying how mental health essentially is going to become like the next fitness boom. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And considering you're also you're a practicing marriage and family therapist as well right as well as a psychotherapist I, I, I am a marriage and family associate marriage and family therapist with the state of california but i practice mostly um uh what i termed depth life coaching so i do depth life coaching which essentially allows me more freedom to practice and work with people in different states and countries um so, and I can be a little bit more free in my sessions with people. So I'm a life coach as well as a therapist. And how could people find you? <laughs> I feel like after this episode, everyone's going to want to hear your voice more. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You're very kind towards me. And by the way, I should just like um, also reflect the mirror back at you and say that um, you also are, you have a very pure energy. There's a very kind energy about you. And I don't do um, interviews. Um, I don't think ever. The last one I did was seven years ago. And that's when I was in another field, even though my job is interviewing people in the field or my own podcast. I don't like doing interviews. So um, it was easy to say yes to you. Um, well, because of our dear mutual friend, but mostly because of your own self. And uh, thank you for being the person that you, you are, the light that you bring and the energy and the intention that radiates through you. Um, as far as where they could find me, um, you know, just on Instagram or whatever is going to be on the footnotes of this episode is fine. I don't like to shout myself out too much. <laughs> You're too humble. <laughs> you really are. I am so happy that you agreed to do this with me. I know it's not something that you do quite often, and I honestly couldn't be more grateful. Your story is just so inspirational, and I know that my audience will truly enjoy it. Um, thank you for coming on, and thank you for sharing your transformative journey with us.
Thank you, my love. I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to having a, a deeper friendship with someone like yourself and to learn from you as well. Thank you for that. <laughs>